0: If News Talk 830 WCCO was a sports team, I would be the guy down on the bench that the coach, in this case, Brad Lane, points to and says, Steve, get in there. And I I get in there. And I do what I can in, in my minutes. Steve Thompson in for Henry Lake tonight. Chris Tubbs in. A lot going on in the sports team. But that that that's literally what it is. We we, we got the starters. We've got Vanita. And we've got Adam Carter and Jordana Green and Chad Hartman. Uh, Jason DeRush has uh, recently joined the lineup. Henry Lake has been around a long time. And, you know, I I've been that guy down on the bench where it's like, Steve, we need you. Um, give us some minutes and that's what I do. And we're going to open the show with the number one team in town. Doesn't matter if it's early March, doesn't matter if it's June, uh, the Minnesota Vikings are number one. And when the Minnesota Vikings make any moves whatsoever, and this is a big one, Eric Hendricks, no longer a member of the Minnesota Vikings. It'll save close to $10 million in cap room. There's been a lot written, a lot said about this move today. But this is the business side of the NFL. Kendrick's been a very good player for the Minnesota Vikings, a cornerstone player. When, when you think about the Purple in well, almost his entire tenure here, he, he is one of those guys that you mention alongside Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook and others. He, he is definitely top five guy on this team or has been on this team. So it certainly is notice, notable. But the defense has really struggled. Two years under Mike Zimmer and the first year under Kevin O'Connell, the defense was terrible. And you've got to make changes, and you've got to make big changes, considering the salary cap situation, etc. You have a quarterback to play more on, uh pay, more on that later on. Uh, you have a wide receiver in Justin Jefferson, you need to pay. But this is the first of many big decisions. So here's Eric Kendricks, and they uh, release him. Uh, he will get a job in the NFL, he will play, what will the number be? But that's a cruel reality of the NFL. And what's interesting to me about all of this is that it is a hard cap league, but it is the richest league in the history of the world. Billions in television money. Uh, It is, if you own an NFL franchise, it is literally a license to print money. And While Eric Kendricks has made a good salary in the NFL, he knows what he's getting into. The simple fact of the matter is that the NFL Players Association, over all these decades, have not been able to get to a point where where they're brothers in the other league, and I'm talking NBA, MLB, and NHL, where the contracts are guaranteed. Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter in the NHL and I don't know the exact revenue money, or overall revenue for the NHL compared to the NFL, but uh, there is no comparison. Now, granted, the rosters are bigger. You you have fifty three man rosters in the NFL, and and what's the NHL? They they carry you know twenty five guys, major league teams twenty six. You know I I would assume assume in the NHL it's about the same thing. NBA rosters are smaller. But, but back to the NFL. And, and really, this is what interests me so much. When a transaction like this takes place with Eric Kendricks, you have the richest sports league in the history of the world, and they're going to get richer. The, the television money's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. These huge media companies are falling over each other, trying to give the NFL billions of dollars in new contracts. It's incredible. And then they fill out stadiums and merchandise sales. That's just all gravy on top of the TV money. But you have a guy like Eric Hendricks, or, or you have a guy like Adam Phelan, or who, who ultimately could be released like Eric Hendricks or get a renegotiated deal, take a big cut to stay at home. But my point being is, the shame in all of this Is that the NFL Players Association, the the group of players in the union at the time, have never gone to bat, in my opinion, for future players and fought for fully guaranteed contracts? Now, there there was a big contract signed in in the NFL today. Uh, Derek Carr signed a deal with the New Orleans Saints. Carr's a middle of the pack NFL quarterback, he's no great shakes. Um, if you put Kirk Cousins in the top 10 to 15 quarterbacks, cars may be in that next group, you know, 15, 16, middle-of-the-pack NFL quarterback, and got a ridiculous amount of money and a huge chunk of that guaranteed. Now, I granted, it's a quarterback league, and you can't win without a quarterback, but the point being is, for me, the fact that the NFL Players Association, in the last 20 years, let's say, when the television money exploded, have not gone to bat for each other and fighting for fully guaranteed contracts. In reality, beyond the upfront money, the the signing bonus, these contracts aren't worth the paper they're printed on. So, so you go back to the thirty-two NFL owners and the power they have is incredible because they're able to just say to Eric Henry goodbye. We're tearing up that contract. Sorry, buddy. And and they'll do the same thing to Adam Thielen, and they'll do the same thing to others. And, and fans move on, and are like, hey, that's okay. These guys make a lot more money than me. But if you compare it to the other sports, MLB, these guys have guaranteed contracts. Carlos Correa got six years guaranteed, guaranteed money. NHL, think of Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. Guaranteed dough, and then in the NBA, look at look at Cat. What what he's making or Rudy Gobert or Mike Conley, uh, Ant really hasn't truly gotten paid, and he will. But that'll be guaranteed. You can't take it away, money. NFL, not so much. Chris Tubbs is our producer, and Chris, it, it is amazing to me. And Eric Hendricks is a good player. But I, I think we all saw this coming with the performance of the defense and the mm-hmm. fact that they need to find cap room and they really need to blow it up. They, they need to start over defensively. So the move doesn't surprise me. But when you get into the economics of it, it still shocks me every time it happens that the players have not banded together to get more guaranteed money for, for everybody.
1: No, and that's one thing that you have to put that on the Players Association. Right? Because, absolutely. Yeah, they're the yeah, ones. Because the, the owners are not going to just, you know, out of the goodness of their hearts, you know, just offer guaranteed contracts because that's not what they do. And well, I, the,
0: the I, think, think how long Major League Baseball had the reserve clause. Yes. Major League Baseball, as we know it, has been around since 1900. It took Kurt flood yes to to break that up and, and get free agency in baseball, yeah I mean it, it, it went on for decades yeah. that way where the players only now now there there, there is a little more balance in, in revenue sharing, but the fact that the NFLPA hasn 't gone out it, is something as simple as if you 're on the fifty three man on opening day you get paid you're your contract is guaranteed for the season. Yeah and, th- and think, yeah,
1: and think about this, Steve. All of these sports nowadays, especially the NFL, yeah. th- we had a little bit of a dip with the COVID year and whatnot, but every year that salary cap is going to incrementally increase. So you are never going to go back. So you have got the ability to go into these different, you know, tiers of salary, it's not like everybody's going to be making, you know, Justin Jefferson money. You got guys that are going to be making, you know, the vets minimum. The minimum, and, and yeah. that's that is a drop in the bucket. And I don't know why they don't. I don't know why the Players Association for the because they can afford it. Make no mistake, the, the NFL can eat. We hear we hear all this dead money, right? Oh, how much? How you look at these, and how many of these teams have dead money, like money that's just sitting there on the books because that's the way the contracts were were constructed. Why not just take all of that and guarantee it? And yeah, it's going to the individual instead of just being a line item on a ledger. I I don't, I don't understand it.
0: And and the the reason is is the players have never been willing to get together 53 times 32 uh 1600 players roughly uh by an okay hennepin district 11 math roughly i could get out the calculator but 32 now we'll round. let's let's
1: just round up it's easier
0: yeah let, let, let's say roughly 1600 players okay a little over that on the 53 now that that's a lot more than the nba a lot more than the NBA on an NBA roster, a lot more than the NHL, a lot more than MLB. The, the rosters are twice the size. But the point being is the NFL has the money, and the fact that the Players Association was never able to get together. Now,
1: well, he, here's the thing, too, with that, Steve. That I, I've heard this conversation, I think it was brought up you know, several years ago, and the thing is, like, it, it goes back to the economic wealth in society. It's the top 1%. You got your Aaron Rodgers. You got your Patrick Mahomes. You get you know you got your big name dollar dollar bill you know players that are looking out for Kirk cousins. Kirk Cous- Kirk cousins that, that,
0: is in that neighborhood. That, that
1: are looking out for the for the very top. I, I mean, if you're talking about a you know a, a backup fullback that just plays plays special teams, I mean, let's they're not going to get a seat at the table because
0: but but they have collectively the power to at least guarantee contracts from year to year. And and in a situation where a very good player like Eric Kendricks, in, in reality, beyond that upfront money, the, the contracts aren't worth the paper they're printed on. When the teams decide, we don't need you anymore, it's bye bye um, We're, we're going to move on. And and in general, the fans are fine with because most people get up, go to work, earn their pay, you know, live within range of paycheck check to paycheck. Some have a little money in the bank, but most of us have to get up and go to work to pay the bills. But but back to 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 the NFL and what makes this possible is that what goes on this time of year. And and fans are like, well, you know, it's too bad we had to let Eric Kendricks go. But before we break, I, I want to set the stage for another conversation, and this is where it gets interesting. Okay, because another one of those names. On the hot seat, on on that salary cap casualty uh, limit is one of our own, Adam Thielen. I I heard he was born and raised here and went to school at Minnesota State. How they handle Adam Thielen will be very interesting because then it gets different. Eric Hendricks, we like him, good player, but now you're talking about one of our own, a guy from here. Uh, Kendricks was a great guy in the community, so is Thielen. Um, so so how you handle these uh, is going to be very interesting. And because Thielen's from here, it's going to make it even more delicate. And it, we'll we'll get into that momentarily. It's kind of like how you handled Lindsey Whalen. I, I think it in some ways gets into that category. So how the Vikings navigate this Adam Thielen situation, we'll get into that in a moment. Here on News Talk, 830-WCCO. Steve Thompson in for Henry Light. Chris Tubbs alongside. He is the producer. He is the adult supervision on the show. Eric Kendrick's released by the Vikings. And probably the first of many changes for this Viking team as they try to get under the salary cap and uh, put themselves in a spot to be able to bring people in uh, in free agency and... Kendricks is the first, certainly will not be the last. There have been a number of names thrown out there. I I will say this, though, and this is the way it is. Uh, This is the business they've chosen. I think the players go into it, eyes wide open, the agents, uh, the coaches, player personnel, people. That's how it works. And the one thing you can say is, is the teams that have been able to Rebuild on the fly. Stay relevant. You know, Bill Belichick, sure, he had Tom Brady. But Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots did a good job of moving on from veteran players at the right time. And that is part of it if you're going to stay relevant. Not hang on to players. And Chris, you put something in the program note that that I think is spot on. And as a fan... In particular, it is better to release the guy a little early than a little too late.
1: Yeah, I, I, you want that player. You want to. You want to get every last ounce out of them that you can. And we see that there are guys that you can see that decline, but you don't have the ability to make that business decision until it's the right time. And I feel like here in particular, we are so connected with the idea of what the team was in 2017, what they were, you know, in, in 2020. You know what? Like what they were is not what they are now. Adam Thielen, not the same player. Eric Kendricks, not the same player. I mean, Anthony Barr, when he was, was released, people were like, well, why are you getting rid of Anthony Barr? He wasn't, you know, a factor non grata with the Dallas Cowboys this year. I mean, Eric Kendricks will find another job. He's still a serviceable player. You know, he's not that elite linebacker that he used to be. But you do not want to get caught not getting the return on your investment. You don't want to, you don't want to feel like you're overpaying for performance that you got in the past because ultimately you're paying somebody for what they're going to do for you in the future.
0: Well, and, and that brings up the point on some other players on a defense that struggled again. Ultimately, it was the defense that caused Mike Zimmer his job. You can say what he wants about, you know, the the atmosphere in the locker room and, and the mood around the team. If they were winning, Mike Zimmer would still be the coach. I mean, let, let's face the facts. If they were winning and going on deep playoff runs in the last two years of Mike Z- Zimmer's tenure, he'd still be here. I mean... That that's reality. Um, But they weren't. And the defense was terrible and it was terrible again this year. So, you know, I say what you want about Eric Kendricks or Harrison Smith. At the end of the day,
1: at the end of the day, you got to win games. It doesn't matter who you got.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think there are certainly other veteran players that that need to be considered in all of this. And this goes to the other side of the football and Adam Thielen is a Minnesota native, went to Minnesota State, D2 star, uh, gets his shot with the Vikings, and has had a wonderful career. And I, I'm not going to go into all the minutia, the cap hit, and dead money, and all of that. Uh, you, you almost need a finance degree to figure out all of that stuff. Simple fact of the matter is, Adam Thielen's on that list. And the question is, for the Minnesota Vikings, from a PR standpoint, how do you manage that? And and I think with the agent, with Adam Thielen, you sit down and say, here's what we can afford. And if that doesn't work and you want to look for another opportunity, we completely understand. And I think if you put it out there that way, you know, when when it was announced today that they released Eric Hendricks and said all these things he did in the community and all the things he did as a player, but ultimately it's a business decision, I think you've got to handle it a little differently with a guy like Adam Thielen, Kenricks was a great guy, great guy in the community. Thielen, great guy, great guy in the community, but he's from here and is and is kind of a local hero and a local legend in that respect. And the the way Mark Coyle and the U handled the Lindsey Whalen thing, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But in reality, couldn't he have waited till today, till the Big Ten tournaments out of town? Yes, he could have. Uh, let the dust settle at the end of the season, get through the Big Ten tournament, which, by the way, was a huge success at Target Center. Bravo to the city of Minneapolis and all the people involved in that. Set attendance records. But my point being is, if you're going to move on from Adam Thielen, it's all in how you handle it. And and the, you made some mistakes with Lindsay Willen. If you're going to move on, wait. How hard is it to wait a few days? And, and I think with Thielen, waiting to make sure you Dot all the I's, cross all the T's, make sure Adam Thielen understands the situation, and he probably does, and then make the announcement. So it'll be very interesting to see how this hand ultimately may come back at a much lower dollar amount and say, I want to finish my career here. But if he feels like he has something in the tank and still wants a bigger role in an offense, you know, he 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 can probably play you know, somewhere else in the NFL, there there are clubs that would love to have Adam Thiel.
1: Yeah, there, there is no question. But I, I do feel like at the same time, I think, you know, if you're Adam Thiel and you take into account maybe the breaks that you were getting here. I mean, just in terms of, you know, the, the offense, it was revolving around you for a while. And is your role really going to change? If you go somewhere else, like what is it that you are looking for at this point in your career? If you're looking for a championship, then you probably need to move on to a a team that's in a better position than the Vikings, even though they won 13 games. Uh, The the Vikings are not a team right now that is built for a Super Bowl. Uh, If you're looking at, you know, reclaiming your spot as a one or a one A or one B, I I don't see that happening at this point. I I feel like we've seen the best of Adam Thielen and now it's just a matter of. You, what do you feel you are worth on the open market for the role that you feel you can play?
0: And I, I totally and, agree. No. And, and Justin Jefferson, he knows this. He is the number one guy here. And if the Minnesota Vikings don't target Justin Jefferson 12 times a game, minimum, they're out of their mind. And
1: and, and TJ Hawkinson, guess what? You're looking at an yeah. extension I, for him, yep. and he's he's now I become agree. your de facto number two.
0: Yeah. So for Adam Thielen, I'm thinking, yeah, I want to play another couple of years or or whatever that number is. Is it it another year? Is it another two years? Maybe it isn't going to work out here. You know, I I might I might look down at 35 at Kansas City and say, you know, do I finish my career wearing red playing with Patrick Mahomes? I still may not be the number one guy. But I sure do have a good chance to get a Super Bowl ring, and, and, you at, know, yeah. so and, and at
1: this the, end, that's that's what you want. If you're Adam Thielen, he's got nothing yeah. to prove in terms of playing. No. If no. you want to win a ring, go someplace else. And if people here have a problem with it, then it, you know one of our own. Go as long as you don't go to Green Bay. I think you're going to be fine.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine? Wow.
1: They're can further away than we are.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, quick break. Yeah, you know. Green Bay isn't much further than a drive to Kansas City in reality. If you hopped in your car right now no, we're not drove making, down no, 35 no, making no, we're not
1: making that connection. Nope, we're not. Nope, 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 nope,
0: They're about the same distance, you know, actual time in the car. Uh, pretty close. Don't anyway. don't
1: say anything positive about Steve. Come on, don't say anything <laughs> about it. No, 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 no,
0: no. All right, quick break. We got the weather so much more here on the Lake Show. Steve in for Henry tonight. Chris Tubbs uh, keeping it all out of the ditch uh timberwolves had a good road trip uh we will come back to the nfl later in the program matthew collar is going to join us from purple insider following the news and weather at seven and oh by the way john morant what's going on uh we'll, we'll get into that story and now it looks like authorities in colorado are investigating what happened at the club and the gun and all of that sort of stuff. That That is all on the way here at News Talk. E3O at Yeah, you know, It's kind of funny about road trips to the West Coast when you're in the central time zone. Um, whether it goes really good or really bad, there's just a lot of people that it kind of slips under the radar because... You know, the a lot of the games on those road trips are on school nights and you go to bed, or they happen on a weekend. You might have something else going on. It might be date night, whatever, and and you don't pay attention as much to the games when they're on the West Coast. The the 8.30 pregame, 9 o'clock start, or 9 o'clock pregame, 9.30 start, whether it's the Wild or Timberwolves. And remember, the Wild played in the old Northwest Divisions. They were up in Calgary and Edmonton and... Uh, out at Vancouver a ton once upon a time. So if things weren't going well for the Wild, it's kind of like, ah, it's out on the West Coast. Well, for the Timberwolves, they were on a four-game road trip out to the coast. And on paper going into it, that one of the more winnable games was right out of the gate against Golden State because Steph Curry wasn't going to play, and then Draymond Green didn't play, and Andrew Wiggins didn't play. And the Wolves got beat, and all of a sudden they're on a three-game losing streak. And I don't want to dwell on the game with the Wizards before the All-Star break and the game right out of the All-Star break at Target Center against the Charlotte Hornets. That, that Charlotte Hornets loss was dreadful. And, and they've, they've had a number of those this year. Think think two games against Detroit, the list goes on. That was a bad loss. All of a sudden, they get beat in Golden State, and it's like, they've lost three in a row. And now you get the Lakers in L.A., or Clippers in L.A., then the Lakers in L.A. And oh, by the way, second night of a bag to the back, maybe the most surprising team in the NBA in the Sacramento Kings in their building in Northern California at the end of a long road trip to the Golden State. And then, lo and behold, they beat the Clippers. Terrific win. On a weeknight, out on the coast, people wake up and go, Hardcores hung in there and caught it on the radio or watched it on TV. But many of us got up the next morning and were like, oh, check that out. Look at the box score. Timberwolves got it done. And then after that, one and one on the trip, maybe more people stayed up late, caught the game against the Lakers. Or and got the W on a Friday night, and then Saturday night, now all of a sudden, hey, the Timberwolves have a chance to finish this trip 3-1, and one. so now there's a little juice going into that game on Saturday night, and lo and behold, they beat the Kings in a wildly entertaining game, and a lot of people contributed. Ant came up big late, been kind of a struggle for Ant coming out of the All-Star break, but he came up big, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, and others contributed to a 3 and one road trip. So now, lo and behold, your Minnesota Timberwolves, in this topsy-turvy NBA as conference as uh, turn conference, they're in a nice spot at the moment. Number six, top six. That was a big goal for this team going into the season. They're 34-32. and 32. But before we get too excited... Uh, they sit three games behind the Phoenix Suns, who are in fourth. But you look in the rearview mirror, they're only three games ahead of 12 and 13, which happen to be OKC and Portland. So this roller coaster ride is going to continue, but there are a couple of good signs. The, the constant that's been Anthony Edwards, and it looks like Ant maybe. Going into the break, coming out of the break, who knows, bumping the road, hit the wall a little bit. It's a long season. He's still a kid. But I think it's been really encouraging. Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert, two veteran guys. They've invested a lot, a ton in Gobert. Uh, They bring in Mike Conley. That's starting to pay dividends. So I think some real positives, not only a three-in-one trip to California and the fact that they're back to six. The biggest negative, still have no idea what's going on with Cat. Absolutely no idea. And frankly, the way it's been handled by the team in Carl Anthony Towns, it's pretty sad. The, the fact that he got hurt, everyone's concerned, he's a cornerstone guy making supermax money. And then he has that press conference where he's irritated, comes out and says, whoever said it was four to six weeks were wrong and this injury was super serious. Since then it's been radio silence. A gigantic mistake by Carl anthony Towns and the people advising him and the Minnesota Timberwolves to not give the media who is the conduit to the fans more information on where Carl anthony Towns is. It's still frustrating. This guy is supposed to be the guy on the franchise, and he's hurt, and missed a huge chunk of the season. And we still have absolutely no idea on March 6th what's going on. Is, is he working out at all? Chris Finch has alluded to the fact that he will play before the end of the regular season. But how hard is it for this guy making tens of millions of dollars to every now and then throw us a bone and... Tell us what's going on. So beyond that though, good road trip. The cat thing is frustrating. And they get the Sixers in here tomorrow night, and that is a marquee matchup. Uh Philly's a good team. Joel Embiid. Uh the the Sixers right now three in the west, forty one and twenty two. Uh they're they're well on their way to the postseason and among the favorites in the NBA's Eastern Conference. But Chris, I, I, I think it was a revelation, the road trip, the fact that Conley and Gobert seem to be doing good things. It seems like Ant is snapped out of whatever little funk he was in. There's definitely good news. With Cat and his absence still being like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, when we first heard four to six weeks, I don't know why they put that report out there unless they wanted to be optimistic and they were hoping that maybe they could get on the tail end of that.
0: I, well, I don't, it clearly I, annoyed Cat. It, it clearly annoyed him because when he did talk to the media, he seemed annoyed. Well, and, 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 so- well, and, and
1: it makes – the thing is about that, Steve, and I think Cat's got the right to be annoyed because it – with all of the questions that we've got around Cat, oh, he's soft, he can't play, he won't play through pain. Okay, well, it's supposed to be four to six weeks, according to the doctor, the diagnosis – why are you not playing? Are you that soft? Are you that are, are you that scared to play? I mean, what's wrong with you? I mean, that that that's not what I'm saying. I just feel like that's the perception that people have. Sure. But with him, is like, yeah, it was more severe. I mean, I feel bad for Cat. I do because he's put in a no-win situation with this. You know but, he wants to come back and play, but I mean, obviously there was somebody on the front side just did not – either they misdiagnosed it, and it, that's malpractice, or they were blatantly being, you know, doing their best Fox News impression.
0: Well, and, and fair enough. And and he was annoyed and let it be known. But after the dust settles, how hard is it to do just a bit of an update? Hey, I'm feeling really good. We're still working our way back. We got a team of people, and it's, it's, it's you know, Dr. John Doe and – and Doctor Jane Doe, and I'm working really hard with the rehabilitation staff. Here's what I'm doing. I mean, g- give us something. I mean, that that just an occasional update. On yeah, where but we're he at. he might he
1: might not be able to do that though. That that, that may be a team thing. Like I I mean, everything is wow. controlled by the team. And and I mean, I I don't know, but you know, Cat would you know you, you know he wants to be out there and he wants to do whatever he can, but. But there, I, there's I, no, I mean, there, there's no information coming from the organization. But I don't feel like that's on Cat to say, hey, this is this is where I'm at. To me, I think the responsibility, the onus, falls on the organization to be but transparent. When you
0: have a, when you have a, a supermax player and his people, his agent, his team, and the Minnesota Timberwolves and Chris Finch and Tim Connolly and the powers that be over at Target Center should realize at some point you have a superstar that fans can see on television on the bench and attending this other stuff and being around, but you still have no idea what's going on with him physically and when he might return, something, just something. And and that's what's crazy about it, because some of the people I work with, good basketball fans and follow the Timberwolves and are interested – uh, what's going on with Cat? I have absolutely no idea. You talk to people who are on the beat, um, like Chris Hine or Jace Frederick, um, you know the the outstanding John Krasinski from the Athletic, and others who are over there all the time. Lake spends a lot of time over at Target Center. Spends a good part of a show talking uh, nobody,
1: about it. Yeah, no, nobody knows. No, no, nobody knows yeah. what's going on.
0: And-, yeah, and that's what's crazy about it, because you're in a playoff push. This is your highest paid player, the, the, the face of the franchise, along with Anthony Edwards now, and we still have on March 6th, absolutely no idea what's going on. Shame on the Timberwolves. Shame on Cat for being in this spot right now. Give us something. Something. Like, yep, I'm working really hard, perfect, that's great, you know
1: well i, I yeah and again know, i'm i'm I, I'm not going to put the onus on cat at this point i you know you you can you can say what the organization wants you to say, you know, otherwise yeah. you end up being ja Morant.
0: yeah, oh, speaking of Ja, a little bit of trouble for one of the nBA's most dynamic players it it happened in Colorado. We'll get into that. In a moment, here on News Talk, E3O-WCCO. It is The Lake Show. Steve Thompson in for Henry Lake. Chris Tubbs, our producer. All the news, all the weather at 7 o'clock. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. We'll talk Eric Kendricks and more with Matthew following the news at 7. Derek Carr headed to the New Orleans Saints. Big contract there. John Morant, one of the other big stories, uh, Young NBA superstar, twenty three years old. Uh maybe you've heard by now. Uh his return to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh not sure. He'll sit out a couple of games here in LA to take on the Clippers and the Lakers. So so they're in Los Angeles right now. Uh, the team has said there's no timetable for his return. He is in uh trouble though with the team and the NBA. Social media post in which Moran appeared to be holding a gun at a nightclub. And today, police in Colorado said they were investigating Moran's actions and whether he may have broken any laws. Moran's video is believed to have been filmed in Glendale, a small enclave surrounded by Denver and known for its clubs and shopping centers. So... John Morant working through some things. He's a kid. He's 23 years old. But I will say this. I, I was young. I was dumb. Never brought a gun to a nightclub along the way. So hopefully it works out. Terrific talent. He's saying all the right things. We'll see how it plays out. We've got the news and weather in a moment.